Welcome to Skull Stories, presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Mark Rosen here with a very special edition of Skull Stories with three-fourths of the Vikings radio team, the erstwhile Paul Allen, play-by-play man for a number of years. We'll get right into him in a minute. Pete Bursich and Ben Lieber. Greg Coleman's the only member missing today, but we, we know what Greg's thoughts will be, so we'll fill in the blanks as that goes along. And it's a big week, PA. We'll start with you. Uh, a, a terrific announcement earlier this week uh, about the Vikings uh, re-upping with iHeart and KFAN Radio for five more years. That's called job security, but also a nice uh, nice compliment to all the work all you guys have been doing. Yeah, it's um and in calling Vikings games for 18 years, it's um it's it's been a highlight working with the likes of Greg, Joe Sensor, Pete Bursage, mm-hmm. Ben Lieber and you know learning learning about the schematics and the complexity of football more so than just what takes place during a play. So it's um it's been a treat uh to to be able to call games for, for, for that long and you know to head into twenty twenty, Rosie, with uh the twenty twenty season on KFAN being the twentieth season of the partnership, it truly is a treat. Well what without getting into too inside uh broadcasting, what makes the relationship between the Vikings and KFAN so special to you? Well, I think yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the one of the hidden gems here would be the fact that the the Vikings absolutely are the most popular sports team in town. I mean, the brand is very powerful, and FM one hundred point three KFAN and KFAN dot com Fan Radio Network Vikings Radio Network. You know, it um it it has a powerful side to it too. So now you get those two together mm-hmm. and then you get to the collaboration of what's next, where here we are doing skull stories at Twin Cities Orthopedics Performance Center. Ben, Pete, myself, all of us do work for the Vikings Entertainment Network. Uh, the the fan will broadcast high school football games that are at TCO Stadium. So I think the, the under-the-radar uh, scenario that really, really makes it so good is the collaboration mm-hmm. between the two entities. And Pete Bursich, it seems as though the, the public has an unquenchable thirst for <laughs> Vikings, and it's sort of maybe a sign of the times that the NFL is never, as they have their own network, never really out of the news cycle. And you've no. probably noticed that over you know, the You're right, and, and the NFL does a does a wonderful job of keeping itself relevant, whether as soon as the season's over, then you start talking about the draft and all the things that, that go on in the summer. So uh, the you know the league the league does a very good job of that, but I think that's this is something where I think football is unique, and you you listen and to to guys talk about other sports, and you you listen to hockey, and they talk about a guy he can skate, he can mm-hmm. pass, he can shoot, right? It's kind of the kind of the same thing over and over again. And and to Paul's point, when he mentioned levels, that's a good theme here because with football, there are so many levels. I mean, from ownership. And the leadership they provide and what they provide for the team, the investment that they make in the team to the coaches and decisions that they make to the personnel to the there's so many levels. And I mean, talking about the games and the, and the play call. I mean, there's so much that you can week in and week out, just pick apart and analyze and talk about. I think that's what makes this game so, uh, you know, so amazing 
and the people's appetites for it so big. From a personal standpoint, uh, Pete Burson, you've worn many hats, hats with the Vikings as a player, assistant coach. And, and Did you envision yourself at some point? When did you envision yourself getting into the broadcasting <laughs> business? And now having this longevity well, to, 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 and, and the, the fun you're having with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, when it, it's I played as long as I could when, when I was done playing and, and no longer of use. They let me go. <laughs> and so I came back as a coach, and I coached as long as I could until I was no longer a use to the team, and then they let me go. <laughs> and then uh, I do remember I spent one year just coming in on Mondays and, and talking about the games. And, um, you know, I was in the right place at the right time when Joe Sensor retired and then Abbott mm-hmm. and, and PA and these guys all talked to me about uh, coming out and, and, and doing the color. And I never I never really thought about it. But I grew you know, I grew growing up in Chicago, listening to guys like, uh, you know, D- uh, Pearsall and Harry Carey. You know, those guys are all are legends, you know, so to be able to do what I'm doing is is absolutely phenomenal. I love it. And, and Ben Lieber, you're you're basically kind of the new kid on the block, but uh, something you've really taken to, because I know how, how hard you work. I, I'm witnessing it all the time, going to doing your college games on the weekends and how you prepare for it. But uh, what's made this role for you uh, so much fun and so enjoyable transitioning from from a player uh, right to basically the sidelines? Uh, you know, I guess I guess never really feeling like I was disconnected from the team. And I didn't I never when I retired, I never thought that this was going to be my avenue and this is what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I never when I when I would listen to the guys like Pete and the guys that would get done with the game and they'd say, you know, you're going to miss the game. You know, you're they give you all this advice on the transition because the transition is a very tricky part of your life. And and I always kind of took this like, you know what, I. I if if football's not a part of my life, I think I'm going to be okay. And and I think that I was kind of fooling myself. And I, and I was so grateful, and I'm still so grateful that um, I can't imagine my life without football, whether it's college or or the Vikings. And um, I didn't think I needed it that much. Uh, but now going through it and have gone through the tr- transition, now kind of being part of the team. Um, I, I did need it, and I did need football to sort of just be that parachute. Into mm-hmm. that new transition life and ha- and letting letting me have some sort of stability when everything else was sort of chaotic as far as who I was, what I wanted to do, where I want to go in life, you know, your family dynamic is different and all this other stuff. But the constant was football, and the constant was for me the Vikings, in which they've been a fantastic organization. You know, the best owners in the business. Um, you know, the all the way from the GM and Spielman to to George Payton to everybody. They treat me and they treat our radio broadcast team like family. And and Rosie, I will listen to some other broadcasts from other teams. And it's not necessarily like I'm listening at this stage of my career to get something new. But I just I'm a fan of of certain broadcasters like Greg Papa for the San Francisco mm-hmm, 49ers mm-hmm. or Wayne Larravee from the from the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they're fantastic at what they do. So it's more for me. You know, just listening for enjoyment from the theater they create. But what I hear along the way really makes me proud of the way we handle things in game with the Vikings Radio Network. Because, see, at KFAN, you know, we we can be bit-oriented, bit-trained, where specifically with the Power Trip, the most successful morning show in this market— Things are very loose. So Ben's natural at being very loose. You know, it's not, let's go to the sideline, here's Ben, Mm -hmm. and it's something super hardcore on some injury or something like that. Back to you, Paul. It, It has an airy, loose feel to it with knowledge that is second to none. Likewise for Pete. You know, he's worked on the fan. So I think the fact that all of us, 
you know, realize the importance of of conveying radio fun along with delivering the game. You know, I think that that makes something with the way we do it not only different than everybody in the league, but I think it's something that makes the Vikings proud. Well, you have to complement each other, and you, have, you can't force chemistry. You either it has to be there or, or not. And you have, you've had the opportunity to work with each other for a number of years. And, Pete, I'm looking at you in particular. Uh, PA gets pretty excited uh, <laughs> specifically about some calls. And um, the, old, the old cliche about not stepping on his touchdown call, how difficult is that for you sometimes? Well, I have to say something about Paul. He makes us better. All right, so if you have, you can only have, uh, you know, one head coach, and Paul's really that guy. He's he's always the one bringing ideas and saying, hey, you know, try this and do this, and and just and he does it in a great way. He's like, just be pithy, be quick, be you know, mm-hmm. jump in and jump out. And there's a certain rhythm that we'll have throughout the game. And what I tell people all the time is, we don't sit next to each other because for Paul to do his job with all the information that he has to put out there. He has at least one to two people there, either giving him stats, uh, spotting for him, and doing all those things. So I can't look at him mm-hmm. and know when he's going to finish talking. I have to just listen, and I can tell just by the way he ends a sentence or how he, what he's going what he's going about that I know he's going to be done, and I could jump in. Now, you know, we stepped on each other's toes once or twice, absolutely, but for the most part. That's the coolest thing is is I can tell when Ben's gonna be is gonna wrap it up and be done and then I could chime in for a quick second or it's smooth and that takes time. Well, but but Rosie, a couple of things on team. You know, Ben and I chat about the approach that we're going to mm-hmm. take before every single game. That that's how calculated we are in disseminating information and setting up the show while we broadcast the game. But like, you know, Ben had something he was going to get in on a certain situation and it happened. So I went down to Ben. Well, without recognizing the Vikings went no huddle, so they zipped to the line of scrimmage. All right, so the play takes off. Now it's radio, you can't see it. And so they're about three seconds into the play when Ben's done. I call the play like it was live. And then while Pete's talking, I get with the producer that week, Chris, uh, that that game, Chris Hockey, and I say, "Please text Ben. Mm-hmm. I apologize for putting him in that bad spot. It won't happen again." So that that all Remember takes place, that text, Ben. That all takes place within two minutes. <laughs> I, I, I will I will say this that I that was I completely botched that take. So I, I was I was mad at myself. No, it was because, my fault. No, it's it's nobody's fault. Like that's that's just the no, way. That, I want you to apologize. Like it well, doesn't apologize. But, that, but that's but that's the way the the game goes. Is I that I I as a as a support guy on the sideline have to be paying attention to tempo and stuff like that. So I got to be ready to think on my toes and, and speak a little faster. And nobody really knows. But um, the thing is like. We're, I think going back to what PA was saying earlier is that we hold each other to a high standard. We have high expectations for what, what this broadcast is, but we're not so anally uptight that we're afraid to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we have each other's backs. And I think that's the, the beauty about listening to our broadcast is if you want an emotional, uh, smart, but fun and loose broadcast, this is why it works because we have fun doing it. I, th- I really think that we right. have fun doing it. We have fun off the field, and I think that comes out on uh, during the game. A reminder to join Muss along with Johnny Randall, the HOFer for Vikings Country, Thursday, December 26th from 5.30 to 8.30 at Wild Bills in Blaine, presented by Miller Lite. You could win great prizes, including tickets in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. 
A reminder to join Paul Allen and Paul Charchi in the Buffalo Wild Wings in Savage on Friday from 9 to noon for Friday Football Feast. The Feast is presented by Coors Light. Check out the complete schedule at vikings.com and on the Paul Allen Show page at kfan.com. Now, when it comes to stepping on touchdown calls, the Minneapolis Miracle is one of the most famous plays in the history of this team. And when it took place, Pete Bursich was technically all over my call. And now we're going to the (laughs) NFC title game, and I have some of the biggest names in podcasting and football media all of a sudden contacting me to join them. And to a man, the early stages of all of those interviews, it was like your analyst stepped all over your call. And I wasn't even thinking about it because I was like, the the first of all, I've never told Pete one time when to talk and when not to talk. And if I'm talking, don't talk. That's true. It never mm-hmm. will happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if the raw emotion is coming out of the analyst with one of the most famous moments in the history of the National Football League... I'm not going to restrain that. I'm going to work around it. And that's what we did. And therefore, I think it it complemented it perfectly. Which which brings up the point. What do Viking fans listening to the broadcast expect to hear from all of you in terms of not just analysis, but the cheerleading aspect of it? Do they want want to feel the pain that you're feeling when the Vikings aren't playing well or they have a Minneapolis miracle? What's the role when it comes to that aspect of of your individual jobs? Well, my quick answer would be the old schoolers, those uh, from the Ray Christensen and Ray Scott days. They, they're they going to want handoff Dalvin Cook, heads around the right side. He's to the 50, to the 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown. Right. Uh, where there are those, you know, I'm racetrack trained, man. I mean, I've been a racetrack announcer for 25 years. I'm comfortable building a crescendo and throwing in different ways to describe things that have been described all of people's lives. So I do it differently for better or for worse. But when it comes to, when you listen to the games, whether it's me, Ben, or Pete, they know we love this team. And and they know if things are not going well with this team, we're never going to get personal, but we're going to get after it a little bit too. Yeah, and you guys, Pete and, and, and Ben in particular, as former players, you're going to be brutally honest and with, with, with respect and credibility about what you're seeing when things aren't going well. Well, there's, I think if, if, uh, if I've had any feedback from from people they what they do like is we call it as we see it right in in things go well things don't go well but when they don't go well there there's a certain way mm-hmm. and I learned this through coaching because you can't just you just, you just can't come up to someone and say you know you're not you're not good enough right it's it, you have to know why you have to know what it needs what needs to be done how this person has to change and what they have to do and in painting that picture that way is is the kind of the art form I think of the whole thing because I would never say on the air something about a player that I wouldn't say to his face or if I was if I was his coach I wouldn't say to his face you, you know what I mean mm-hmm. you can't you can't just have summary judgments and say oh, this guy's never going to be any good I'm sick of seeing this or you know whatever you 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 have to you have to be more kind of a more middle of the road I guess on that and not be you know, this team's terrible, and all of a sudden we're great, now we're terrible, we're great. You know, it, it, it's kind of nothing's as good as it seems, nothing as bad as it seems, and then somewhere in between reality lies, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I, I try I, to I think operate. I think, Pete, you do a great job of um, you're not fooling the audience. You know, you're not – I think when you're watching the game, if somebody screws up or let's take Seattle, you give up 218 yards rushing, everybody sees that. You know, there's no way that you can cutesify it and, and trim off the edges and be like, well, you know, 
boy, they, boy, there's, there, there's some hidden yardage in there. It's not really about the 218. Like, BS, it is about the 218. <laughs> like, it, like, I can't lie to you as a fan base. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we all see what you see. And this is, this is how, this is what we think happened. Now, you know, Pete doesn't go after, like, oh, this guy sucks. And this guy, you know, he's been terrible all season. He's like, this guy just, in this particular, he's just got to play better, which is true. Like, there's nothing wrong. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that statement. And I think that the, the listening audience appreciates that because we're not lying to them. Like, we, we're going to call the game. It's going to be entertaining. But, y'all, but also, we're not going to put on just our purple sunglasses and be like, mm-hmm. well, everything's this hunky-dory. And you're like, no, it's see, not. It's, see, it's, but, it's, it's obvious stuff. But you need to be careful with your in-game criticism. And this specifically goes to fans. And fans are going to be fans. And, and I think I, and to a certain extent, we got burned by Xavier Rhodes in the Seattle Seahawks game. Mm-hmm. He's on the wrong side where he completely bleeped up a play and David Moore got behind him for a huge touchdown. Okay, so on the broadcast, we're talking, thinking about the next game saying – you know, wondering, should Mike Hughes play more? Should Holton Hill play more? All that. But then, because I know the importance of watching back these games with NFL Coaches Film available to everybody at NFL.com because of Pete and Ben and back in the day, Joe Sensor, what they've taught me about A, getting to B, getting to C. I watched the game back. Guess what? Xavier had a good game. Xavier mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. one bad play. Xavier caused a fumble that eventually led to a touchdown. Um, Tyler Lockett had zero receptions. DK Metcalf could not get behind Xavier Rhodes. So, you know, we're all emotional in the moment because of that obvious Rhodes play. You really can't properly analyze what was good or bad until you settle down and watch that sucker back. We've got about five minutes left. There's one call, and I think it kind of summarizes to me, Paul, about everything that, that the Viking broadcast has been about and you personally. This ain't Detroit. This is the Super Bowl. I think the 2009, and I think of that magical season when Ben was a part of it as a player, the Brett Favre year, how close the Vikings came. We're down in New Orleans. You're thinking you're about to punch your ticket. And I think your voice said it all at that particular moment. Viking fans could feel their pain and your pain. Yeah, the um, the... The New Orleans NFC title game, with all due respect to the Minneapolis miracle, is is still the professional moment that I'll never forget. And the locker room scene, which included Ben and Brett Favre and Percy Harvin and Sidney Rice and Adrian Peterson all crying. I, I, I'll never forget it, man. You don't. And Ben knows more about it than us, man, because he played with Brett Favre. So he knows more about the behind the scenes things that led to that wonderful season. But I mean, for me to get a chance to be next to that Hall of Famer and watch how he executes, it's almost bad because it's like now if you see all players who don't do it the way he does and put in the extra time, you're disappointed. So it um, it, it was something I'll never, ever forget. You know, looking at Pete Bursich's coffee cup late in that game <laughs> and, yeah. and and the liquid moving yeah, because they, the building was shaking. Right. They dance. So when they go to cut the – after they after the, the, the Saints, if and when they score, when they go to commercial break, they right. dance. And I remember point, looking at my coffee cup and point and showing Paul, and, the, and you could see the coffee and it just swaying, like it was in a gyroscope. Because yeah. the entire, the the entire dome was absolutely shaking. That was the only thing better than that was seeing Ron Jaworski with the uh, Saints hat walking the night around. before the game. Yeah, we were walking around <laughs> yeah. Canal Street, and he, you know Jaworski doesn't know us from anyone. And we're yeah. like, "Hey, Jaws, who do you think's going to win?" He goes, yeah, right. hey, "Can't you see my hat, oh, buddy?" I'm like, great. "Yeah, yeah see you later, you." <laughs> Randall Cunningham all of a sudden became my all-time favorite (laughs) quarterback from that moment on. Yeah, Ben, you had a different perspective, of course, as a player of that game. But uh, uh, to to, to be around Brett Favre, I think for for Viking fans, other than 
you know, go back to Adrian Peterson or wow. whatever. It had to be a really special, uh, special season. Yeah, it was special. I mean, it was special all the way from uh, watching the the helicopter parade, <laughs> you know, follow him all the way from the airport to just the the circus. And, you know, we had satellite trucks there at the at the facility almost every day. There, there was this there was this Hollywood movie-esque feel to the season, mm-hmm. you know, because of all the attention. And, and, and low, you know, little old Minneapolis with the Vikings, the middle of the country, all of a sudden uh, we, we get a, basically a, a superstar that joins the team. And uh, it was just full throttle from the second that he got there. And it was fun. I mean, I think, you know, Pete's been a part of these seasons where these, these, the games just fly by. The season flies by. And unlike I've been a part of a season that we were four and 12 and you could not, I mean, if I had to go back to that season, you'd have to pay me about $10 million to do that all over again. It was miserable. You know, it is to be losing at four and 12, um, every day sucks, Mm. you know, and you question yourself every day. But on the flip side of that, that, that season, we just like, we're just clicking mm-hmm. every week. Like mm-hmm. you were excited to go to Wednesday. You're excited to go back with your teammates. You're excited to uh, to get back in there. You you're still beat up. You're still hurt. You're still doing all this other stuff, and it's still the the mundaneness and the minutia of of practice and film work and whatever. But it was fun. Yeah. It really was fun. You know, like the coaches were a little bit looser. Uh, the players were looser. And we were so cocksure when we'd walk out there on Sunday, like, wait, we're going to win this game just by how much? We don't know, but we're going to play it out. And and you get to that final game. And as you guys talk about that craziness of that stadium, it's still one of my biggest memories in a negative way. But, you know, the emotional ride leading up to that game, the emotional roller coaster in game and the way that it ended, it'll 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 stay with me maybe haunt me for the rest of my life, but it'll certainly stay with me as one of my fondest memories in the NFL. They killed the Cowboys in the divisional round and came back to practice full of full of vigor. The Minneapolis miracle year, uh, you know, they, they won that in such dramatic fashion, mm-hmm, Rosie. Mm-hmm. When practice began for the Eagles game, man, with all due respect, it just, it was hard to recapture that, that, that level of energy up for that game you know and it's just seeing things like that from behind the scenes with the vikings radio network that's truly the treat of the job well this show has flown by we could uh, we could go on and on this has been a blast for me to talk about it maybe the best is yet to come for this football team and uh, maybe there'll be another minneapolis miracle and then some as the season winds down Uh, so gentlemen thank you so much and congratulations again we're thrilled to have kfan minnesota vikings iheart radio uh, connected for at least the next five years. So, uh, Paul Allen, Ben Lieber, Pete Bursich, thanks so much for joining us on Skull Stories. Skull Stories is presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Have a good night, everyone.